Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Luke Smith and this is the Autosport Podcast. Saturday marked the return of Formula One sprint races as Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc continued their early battle for supremacy this season with a close battle at Imola. The 21-lap sprint race saw Verstappen take the victory and secure P1 on the grid for Sunday's Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix, as well as bagging the eight points on offer under the revised sprint race format this year. The race was settled on the penultimate lap when Verstappen used DRS to overtake Leclerc, leaving the Ferrari driver to settle for P2 after his impressive start had initially given him the lead. But it proved to be another sobering day for Mercedes, as neither George Russell nor Lewis Hamilton could fight their way into the top 10, acting as another sign of just how far the reigning Constructors' champions have fallen in 2022. Joining me to discuss all of today's action at Imola, I am joined by Autosports F1 editor Matt Q. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right, thank you very much, Luke. We are currently, for for listeners, you should know, we're currently sat uh, in the cockpit of our Lancer Epsilon Hybrid oh. Hire Car. Uh, yeah, sadly not I've got a Lancer badge in front of me, not an O37 or, or a Lancer Delta, unfortunately. Uh, budgets don't stretch that far for hire cars. But yeah, we're waiting, and uh, in front of us is a is a lot of a drier car park to get out of. It's quite churned up last night, and yes, that is a tenuous way for you to talk about my uh, driving brilliance last I, night. I was actually going to save that until the end of this podcast, oh. so let, let's save that for 
later. But do stay tuned for some so a good MacU anecdote, I must say. Um, but let's get let's get back to the the uh, real racing action today at, at Imola, and that was of course the the sprint race and um, F1's first sprint race of the season, the fourth overall, and it was another chapter in this early Leclerc versus Verstappen story we're seeing that I think could really become the championship fight that defines this season. Now Leclerc made that brilliant start. The um, media centre actually there's a little gantry outside where you can go and watch, and I, I it was a rare chance to go and watch the start actually like with your eyes and not off the uh, the TV screen. And it was just immediately clear how much of a better start Leclerc had made. He zoomed past Verstappen, and when he was out of DRS range and a second half clear, I I, I personally thought yeah Charles has got this in the bag. The Ferrari looked very very planted in a really good place. How did you see that early part of the race, and did you also think that Leclerc was in a pretty good spot then? Yeah, I was exactly the same, Luke. I've got to be honest with you. Um, Verstappen, I think, had a bit of a clutch kick issue, and so masses of wheel spinning. And Leclerc, um, you know, he was asked about it in a presser. How was it side-by-side into turn one? And Leclerc went, we weren't side-by-side. I was miles clear, and he was. And I, I, I thought, yeah, I thought he had I had the, he had this under control. And we'll come on to it a little bit. I'd done some sort of lap time analysis since FP2, and I thought, oh, I'm, you know the Red Bull should should get there, but it just wasn't looking like it. And I suppose what what sort of we didn't really expect was um, how the rain sort of factored into the dry race in the sense that because the because the track was so green, it hadn't evolved. Uh, it sort of tore up the tyres and, and Leclerc was saying you know he deliberately built that gap to to clear uh, Verstappen by more than a second so we didn't have what a, a, a fourth DRS battle and however many races and and sprint races included. But then then that sort of uh, he came to rue that a bit later on as, as the front right in particular he suffered graining but yeah I, I thought it was sort of beyond beyond Verstappen and and you look at you look at the times it wasn't that you know it was it was sort of it was a weird contrast it wasn't that Leclerc made any mistakes it's just his pace dropped off and then and then Verstappen's tyres finally worked up and it was personal best sector personal best sector telling his uh, race engineer to shut up he was in the groove and just going for it and, and sort of got closer to that, to that Ferrari yeah, it was a really, really good charge by Verstappen at the end. And yeah, well, I thought, think seeing him come through uh, Ravats a lap after lap, getting a bit closer and a bit closer, getting a little bit sideways every now and then. He was really, really pushing, as you say, telling GP over the over the radio, look, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing, to paraphrase uh, Kimi Raikkonen from 2012. Um, but then as Verstappen got close, I think there was one lap where he did take a really big chunk out of Leclerc got within DRS range and from there it kind of seemed inevitable that Verstappen was going to get past DRS is obviously it's only one zone here compared to the, the initial four we had in Australia but it's such a long straight out of the exit of Ravazza it starts quite early uh, the DRS zone and then it takes them yeah all the way down to the, the Tamirello chicane and it did kind of seem pretty inevitable DRS seemed really really powerful uh, did it kind of I mean again watching that lead battle did it seem pretty settled even with sort of like three four laps going Verstappen was closing had DRS wasn't ahead yet but barring any kind of incident let's say between the two of them um what do, I mean did it seem pretty sound that yeah Verstappen was going to get ahead there again I, I think so and it was more from watching other battles throughout the pack we'd already seen you know with the progress Perez was making and signs um, in particular what what the quicker car can do from behind when you get a good toe out of Ravazza cross the line slipstream and then and then the more substantial braking zone into Tamburello which of course you know reprofiled into a chicane so I think I think it, it you know that it was going against Verstappen uh, it was going against the clerk sorry and Verstappen did have sort of you know that that delta we talk about where it's not it's, you know it's one thing to get onto the gearbox of a car in front but then then to pass so um, yeah I think 
inevitable makes it sound like it was an exciting sprint race or, or that uh, Leclerc sort of just let him by but it, it was good and then, and then as they got into turn one you know after how sort of fraught the title race last season it is really refreshing to see two drivers go at it pretty fairly I mean Leclerc didn't roll over and we can come back to you know the merits or, or the cons of a, of a sprint race in terms of what's at stake but he let Verstappen by I thought but Verstappen still made it look like a spectacular pass but you know just to the inch keeping it on on the asphalt making sure it was a, a legal pass so again coming back to those two how they've had the mind games in terms of the DRS battles where Leclerc you know first outwitted uh, uh, Verstappen in in Bahrain and then how sort of Verstappen changed that around learnt off Leclerc and what he was doing in, in, in Jeddah next time out this was this was a clean one and and you know we can talk about how popular Formula 1 is because of Netflix and how that's maybe turned up the stakes and everything seems a bit dramatised a bit bit more Hollywood so it's nice after missiles attack and and <laughs> race directors being sacked and, and all the vitriol over social media it's just nice to have clean good racing and, and no bitter aftertaste it was it was a jovial press conference and not very good press conference and there was no you know the downside flat as us as journalists is there's no like killer lines take away like, oh, it's a good race you look good thanks so did you sort of thing but that's just refreshing because it has, it's, it's a, obviously it's a privilege to Formula One, but it also is draining and, and can be quite, you know, sad at times when they're just going hammer and tong at each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, Q and I have been listening to a lot of the off-menu podcasts. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to plug other podcasts on this, but it is excellent. And uh, yeah, on a, on a sort of food reference, I think uh, this year's maybe a nice little uh, lemon sorbet or something, a bit of a palate cleanser after after everything that happened last year. You're right. That's not the secret ingredient. You're not kicked off this oh, podcast. Thank we God. Can oh, wonderful. Hopefully people get that reference. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but. But looking into tomorrow's race, you said, yeah, it's all been very cordial so far this season. But we've got, what, 63 laps at Imola tomorrow. We saw last year off the, off the start when uh, Verstappen and Hamilton, I think this was the, the, the track where we had that first real side-by-side moment. And Max made very clear, look, you are not coming past. Um, how do you think that battle is going to play out tomorrow? And you obviously did the long-run analysis for second practice this morning. What can you glean from that? Obviously, readers will, sorry, listeners will want to go and read that on autosport.com. But what's the kind of impression you're getting from it, having crunched the numbers? I'll try and be concise because there's there's quite a few sort of um, caveats and stuff you can put in with with conditions and and whatnot. But the long story short is that Red Bull overall looks slightly quicker, and that's across both cars. The caveats I'm talking about is one that we don't know fuel loads and and that's fine for any race when you're reading into the the free practice times but here you've got not only fuel loads are hidden but is that one driver quicker because they've got less fuel but is it significantly less fuel because they're actually orientating orientating themselves towards a sprint race rather than a full grand prix so you've got that to consider and then because we had such a deluge you know thursday night into friday the track was very green as i mentioned earlier and so that meant you know when uh Leclerc was doing his soft tyre run that was right at the beginning of the session so he was miles slower than when the Red Bulls did their soft tyre run at the end of the session because the track had naturally rubbered in but they did they were out on the track at the same time albeit on different tyres and basically the the differential that Pirelli have given us between the two compounds is 0.4 seconds sorry and that places Leclerc within two hundredths of a second of Verstappen so the other things to consider if that's a bit too close is one that Verstappen was quicker in qualifying so the one lap pace is good two he's got the advantage of starting on pole although you can argue that obviously Leclerc reversed that three because it's a sprint race uh, weekend Park Ferme comes into effect after qualifying so that means that 
the tyre graining issues Leclerc has, he needs the track to evolve to him. It's not as if Ferrari can sort of fiddle with all their spanners and, and do sweeping changes to the setup in the hope of eradicating it. Having said all of that, it could all be rendered, uh, rendered redundant because as we're recording this at, what, 9 o'clock in the evening, the forecast is still currently a, a, a good percentage of rain coming in. And because FP1, if we remember back to Thursday morning, uh, Friday morning, sorry, was all geared towards uh, uh, qualifying, we've done no long running or race runs in wet conditions so i can give all of that and say verstappen looks on paper to be a bit quicker but it might go all out the window which is a sort of roundabout sort of way of saying we don't know and it's exciting you should definitely watch the race <laughs> covering your own back wonderfully absolutely there. <laughs> no thank you matt that's a uh, yeah very good way to sum up i think how the pecking order is looking at the front but one team that is definitely not in that lead fight is Mercedes. And we know the struggles the team has been through so far this season. Two podiums to its name so far this year with Hamilton in Bahrain and George Russell in Australia. Both pretty surprising, I think. Came to Imola and there was maybe sort of ideas of, oh, could we see some upgrades come from Mercedes? There are a few new bits on that W13. But really, it just seems to have been another step backwards so far for for Mercedes this weekend at Imola. Um, Neither George Russell nor Lewis Hamilton, after their Q2 exits on Friday, could make much progress in the sprint race George Russell came home in 11th and Lewis Hamilton down in 14th place 41 seconds off Max Verstappen at the front of the field so a really difficult day for Mercedes Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year I was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life changing amounts of cash be like Mary log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Does this feel like a new low point for Mercedes this season? It, it does, and it's for how the narrative is changing. So in testing, it was, uh, you know. Uh, we're not quite there but the potential of this car the downforce oh the numbers it's telling us in the simulator brilliant and then it was more we need to unlock that and then we're looking at the super times and they were third quickest team and then they fell behind Alpine in uh, in Jeddah and then behind uh, Alpine and McLaren in Australia it's the fifth fastest team and their super time which is basically their best lap over the weekend is getting further and further away from Ferrari and Red Bull they're not developing and as, as we had this conversation yes I think the, the narrative of the press conference changed where it's not like come on boys and girls we're, we're so close just dig deep and we can get there it's now yeah we are making mistakes and it's that's just slight it's a, a bit of a nuance but it has changed it's slightly more pessimistic and and it, it stemmed all the way through from fp1 into qualifying the sprint race and a lot of it is you know it, the qualifying pace was off because um i think mercedes sort of were really hurt by the the cooler tire blankets and uh, i say that because they, they've dropped i think 30 degrees to 70 degrees now and um and they were coming out in, in qualifying in sort of uh, wet to dry conditions and really struggling to, to sort of um, get the heat into their tyres. You know, that 30 degree take laps and laps and laps to come through. And I think that's another reason why we saw five red flags. I hope I'm not, you know, trespassing on, on what Johnny Noble was talking about in, in the podcast and qualifying, but why we saw so many red flags because they weren't particularly treacherous conditions, but they were exaggerated by that tyre cooling. And Mercedes uh, in the company of Alfa Tori and Williams for struggling particularly with that. And that's not company they're used to they're used to keeping so they've got fundamental problems the porpoising is still here and now they've got a lack of downfall so it seems like the list of problems 
Well, some of them are staying the same in the porpoising. They've not cracked that. Some of the, uh, and it's still worse than Ferrari to a point where you know Ferrari can live with porpoising and still be quick. Mercedes can't. They're losing downforce. The super times aren't good for them. And now morale's taking taking a dip as well. And I know our colleague John is, uh, asked Toto this evening about you know that 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 clip that was seen of Hamilton and, and and Wolf getting a bit animated, and he was saying you know it, it it was just because we're both frustrated. We're coming at this from the same place. We're so passionate, but these are things we haven't really been seeing so yeah i think you know it's the longest they've they've gone so we know they've won you know their seven seven drivers uh drivers titles eight constructors titles in a row uh but i think the more sort of revealing or headline grabbing stat is it's we have to go back to 2011 to when there were four eight rounds into a season hadn't had a pole or a win Wow, that is that's a stat I wasn't actually aware of, but yeah, and obviously uh, yesterday in qualifying was the first time since Japan 2012 they hadn't had a car get into Q3 as well. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a pretty it's been a pretty tough start to the year for Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton spoke this evening. And he said that the worst car of his career he always regards to be the 2009 McLaren. Obviously, his title defense was in tatters pretty much from day one. But and he said that is still the worst. He said this one isn't far off, but there is at least potential he sees in it. But the battle for Mercedes is look if you're a second off Red Bull and Ferrari right now you need to be finding a second and a half something like that to not only catch them and overtake them but then start to build the kind of points buffer that will get you into any kind of title fight so uh, yeah another difficult day for Mercedes and I think it's uh, looking like it's going to be a pretty tricky season for them um, other notable stories I think from the sprint race we saw McLaren they did had a pretty good day Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo fifth and sixth um, spoke to them after after the session and they said look we don't want to sort of say we are the third fastest team because we're, we're not like it is pretty close at the moment but it, it was a good sign for them particularly given both teams, uh, sorry, both Norris and Ricardo had a lack of running in FP2 uh, due to issues this morning. Ricardo didn't run at all. He said they're still half a step behind going into the race, but they should be able to run pretty well from the third row of the grid. Uh, Kevin Magnussen obviously qualified that brilliant fourth for Haas. He dropped to eighth in the sprint race, and that was all down to tyre choice. They opted for the, the mediums instead of the softs, and Magnussen said the moment he found out that everyone else was on softs, he, he felt pretty nervous. He knew what was coming. So, uh, yeah, not, um, not exactly what they would have wanted but he said look we still scored a point and if you'd have said to us we're going to start the race from eighth place then i would have taken that so definitely some silver linings there um i think finishing off the sprint race format this is the fourth edition of it for me i thought this was the best sprint so far and i know a lot of people fawn over brazil 2021 and hamilton's amazing charge through the field which to me don't get me wrong is one of the finest grand prix performances i've i've, I've ever seen but this, I just felt had a bit more action throughout the field. And I know DRS was very, very powerful, but it felt like a, it felt really exciting, and yeah, it was it was enjoyable. I know sprints aren't everybody's cup of tea. What, what's Matt? What's your take on the sprints? How do you see them? How did you rate today's sprint race? Comfortably the best one we've had, which is surprising because on paper, when when Imola was announced, you think you know why on earth are they you know this, sprints uh, are struggling as is to capture hearts and minds. So you put it at a track where overtaking is is really difficult. Certainly for you know we've got 19 corners here and only one of them in Stambrello is a viable overtaking spot. So you know for Ross Broad who's trying to sell this idea, why why are you you know sort of exposing yourself like that? And yet we've had a really good one, and you know that is because yes, some cars qualified out of, out of sequence because of you know the the rain and the slippery conditions and it's also because we've got you know new cars slipstream better and so that has exaggerated the already quite powerful drs effect here 
but there's always going to be changing circumstances and I don't think it's always wise to sit back and go well if you if you take out that that and that it'd have been really boring because it wasn't and then you, you you lose the enjoyment I think we had we had a good one and you know there was lots of drama and yes I'm slightly skewed because we were on the grid and you know with the Ferrari fans and stuff it was really powerful there was excitement and so so perhaps we liked it even more because of that but I still think I still think it held up I mean you know I know I know not everyone tuning in will be lap charting or, or making notes but certainly it was 21 laps and I would have liked a bit more breathing space in the middle to tighten up some of my paragraphs before focusing on on the next chunk of the race so I think there's certainly like again it's that thing of you can have an embarrassment of riches as a result of the of the sort of Netflix effect or whatever where you want things to happen now 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 but that's not always the way it happens and it's better to preserve the good clean moves we had into Tamburello rather than becoming sort of BTCC shunt fest because people are sort of overzealous and they want too much action and it's all made a bit more artis- artificial I think you know that God to quote Michael Massey that was a motor race <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know I know I couldn't oh. resist it but that, that was a good race and you know um, I think Australia the way I looked at that was anything above Australia is slam dunk a good race anything below Australia possibly could be accused of being a bit boring and I know it was a sprint not a Grand Prix but I thought we're above that threshold so by my book good race it was indeed a motor race there was actually a, a, there were a few I mean the Ferrari fans as you said were absolutely fantastic so there were a few really uh, really fun flags one of them was it was the picture of Toto I think with the uh, with the no no Mikey this is not right um, quote over it uh, there was another flag that had a Heinz smooth operator on a bottle of ketchup which was quite cool another was Charles Leclerc as Jesus which I think tells you how the Ferrari fans do regard him uh, the grid yeah I mean, it was your first grid as well today Q how, how did you find that yeah, special. Thank you very much for for taking me down on that. It was, it was quite something. I know it's a cliche, but it was palpable. There was a sense to it, wasn't there? There was there was a cheer when the Ferraris came. I think something that's appreciated is obviously, you know, Formula One can be accused of being a bit sterile, and that plus the championship I've been covering and doing grids on for the last eighteen months is is Formula E. So I forgot. Basically, there's a lot of noise and it smells. It smells. It really is, it's good. a weird smell. And yeah. I told you this the other day. I was like, it's a smell I just can't describe. It's kind of like sweaty and oily and fuely, and it's really, really weird. But but you get it. Yeah, I know environmentally conscious times, but it stinks of fuel, <laughs> and we've got massive Pirelli, so it stinks of a bit of burning rubber, and it's great. It all adds to it. So yeah, it was a really, really special experience. And you know, and I think I'll have to quit the job when one day if I'm not if I'm not super excited by God there's John Lacey there's Jacques Villeneuve talking to Felipe Massa oh is that Emerson Fittipaldi if that ever wears off I'll go but you know to see see all those guys on the grid was, was pretty mega and you get to do it all again tomorrow Matt thank you very much for joining me on the podcast as promised though I will finish with the anecdote about your uh, wonderful rally skills last night we're about to leave uh, the car park now the overnight rain at Imola uh, going into yesterday obviously affected the uh, on track running particularly in FP1 but it also meant the car park which is literally a field uh, became a bit of a, a bit a bit slushy very muddy and a lot of people had a lot of trouble getting out last night tractors were needed to pull people out including one of our colleagues uh, one of our colleagues got stuck another one of our colleagues saw him stuck uh, decided to slow his car down and laugh and he himself got stuck so that was uh, a, bit, a bit of schadenfreude there uh, Q uh, being ever the uh, ever the enthusiastic driver I think that's a, good, a polite way to put it cars have a rev limit so you should use all the revs within that limit and you absolutely did that and you went I'm going for it absolutely gunned it uh, Colin McRae would have been very very proud I'm sure ran his way right through the mud uh, got out 
to applause from a group of Red Bull personnel, which was very, very nice to see. And uh, yeah, then we uh, we got our way back to Bologna, which is what we're about to go and do now. I'm sure there's some pizza waiting for us. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, obviously, we'll be back tomorrow with the Sunday night full race review of the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. And we will see you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is it. This is the year. Enough dreaming about growing my business online. It's time to get serious about selling. In my style. As big as I want to grow. Because there's nothing I can't do. It's time to get Shopify and take my business to the next level. Whoa, someone's ready to take on the new year. Oh, oh, I thought I was talking to myself there. But heck yeah, 2023 is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution. It's It's a a new New year's revolution. Start selling with Shopify to join the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand. From templates that make site design simple to customizations that let you grow at your pace. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. That's shopify.com slash free22. Go to shopify.com to start your New Year's revolution today. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.